0: Welcome to the SDR Disco Call podcast, a podcast designed for brand new sales development reps in the world of software as a service. Every Tuesday, we're going to be bringing you a new guest who's still in the role to share how or why they've gone into sales development. What have they learned in their SDR career and journey to date? And what three pieces of information would they like to share back to new and existing reps to help them become happy sellers? Every show is transcribed, recorded with links from the guests, which are available at happyselling.io forward slash podcast. I'm going to be your host, Neil Buyan, and I look forward to taking you into the world of sales development through the SDR Disco Call podcast. So with that in mind, let's begin. Hello, listeners and watchers. Welcome to another episode of the SDR Disco Call podcast. I'm your host, Neil Buyan, And today we're uh, joined by a very enthusiastic, colorful, bright SDR by the name of Chloe Ockrim. Chloe, how are you doing today, miss?
1: I'm doing great, thank you.
0: Perfect. Thank you so much for joining us today at the end of your day. Uh, We're currently in Monday. What month are we in? I can't even remember what month we're in. We're in March. So thank you for joining us in 2021. So, Chloe, for the listeners and the watchers out there, could you please introduce yourself? Like, Who are you? Where are you working? And what do you do?
1: Absolutely. So my name is Chloe Opram, and I work as a senior SDR at Bright Talk here in London. Essentially, Bright Talk is a content and demand marketing platform, and we've got a built-in audience of currently 11 million professionals and growing. What we're able to do is help marketeers inspire and acquire their ideal audience.
0: Absolutely, love it. Thank you very much. And, Clay, for, uh, where, where in the world are you right now?
1: I'm in London currently, um, so I'm originally from Glasgow, but I am based in London office, so which you might hear by the accent.
0: Love it, A Lovely Glaswegian accent there. And um, just like before we joined on this, like you kind of told me that you've just been to a hit class and you're looking good coming out of sweaty class. What do you like to do in your spare time, Chloe, outside of sales and sales development?
1: So we're lucky enough to have a personal trainer twice a week that's been supplied by the company throughout lockdown. And they've really supported us just to keep that work, personal life balance. So what I've been doing is just trying to get out for walks. We've been trying to do mindfulness uh, twice a week. Has been hit, which I kind of maybe when things did open up slightly, maybe emerged off of that. But I'm back on, back on the game again. Was there today doing push ups and burpees and God knows what.
0: Well done. That's admirable. And it's really cool to hear that your company's supporting you by providing that during lockdown. And uh, it's been a while since I've been to a hit session, but I'm looking forward to it myself. Um, but as we were saying, like, looking at your LinkedIn profile and the power of this platform, we can actually visit your LinkedIn profile to see the brightness of Chloe. Uh, and as we can see, like, you've had a bit of a journey, like, prior to joining Bright Talk. So if we go, like, way back in the day, um, obviously, you were at university, you were studying contemporary art practice, uh, and Bachelor of Arts, you worked within retail at uh, Forever 21, went into office shoes, I love their mm-hmm. shoes, by the way, back in the day, you worked at Opoly, you worked at DataQuest as an account manager, uh, and then you came to Zyper. As well. And I think there's a few stories there. Uh, you worked as an event assistant as well. And then you came to Bright Talk. So, Chloe, for the listeners and watchers, kind of what's the story? Like, how, like, what took you to Bright Talk and what was this journey like for you?
1: I think for a lot of people, the journey is very similar in the sense that we start at university and we need that side job, that side hustle. And a lot of the time you'll then go into retail. So that was one thing I loved. And the main thing that I loved about that was the fact that all around me were people coming into the shop and they were looking for products that I liked as well. So I'm very much into my fashion and my trainers and that side of things. So when people were coming in and they were going, oh, I'm looking for this, I was like, yeah, come on, I'll help you out. So that was mm. one thing that I really loved about it. And also... I think everyone's the same That since sales. They love talking to people. So when you're getting people coming in and they want to talk to you, you're like, this is great. So you're kind of in that sense, now that I look back at it, I'm like, oh, that was almost like an inbound approach of people coming into the shop and they were mm. like, I know what I want. And I never knew that that was a thing back then. Mm-hmm. And from there, I didn't really think of the same with everyone. I wasn't really told that sales was a thing when I was at school. Mm. I knew what it was. It was never a, like a job choice that you were like, oh, you're going to get in sales. You're this type of person. It was always like, you're going to become a doctor, a bit that type of thing, or that route where it's maybe more of a, I guess, an obvious route of where you're going. You're going to university to study this. Mm. So I went to university and I studied contemporary art pra- practice because it was something I enjoyed and I liked doing. And that's one thing that I believe that you should always do is go and do something that you enjoy and that you're happy doing because. In the end, if you're happy, you're going to be more successful. Mm-hmm. Um, from there, um, I graduated. Um, obviously, had that retail experience behind me, and I was kind of like, okay, I'm in. I'm in the real world now. I need a mm. I need a proper job. And uh, I was confused. I didn't know what to go into. I didn't know what job I wanted. I didn't know whether I to go down the artistic route. I didn't know where and what I was doing. And I think from there. I was kind of applying for anything that took my fancy. There was no direct route at this point where I wanted to go.
0: So, kind of like a free for all. Like you're, you're thinking, yeah. right? Need to get this real job, as you say. Not really sure what direction, but you was like, you was applying for things which thought, okay, do you know what? I could potentially do that, and just let's see where it goes. Is, yeah. is that right?
1: Yeah, exactly. And it's kind of the case of I had, I had an idea of what I wanted to do. But it was kind of like you can see where you want to be in the future and that's making money. But you're like, how do I get to that stage? What's the, the right route that I can get to to be successful and being a higher earner? Mm-hmm. and um, i kind of went down a few different routes so one of the routes that i went down was working with with my creative degree at a fashion brand which was opali which i love doing working with models going um, on location shoots and um, even coming down to london i remember the Whoa, london is huge this massive place <laughs> yeah. and i come and live in it and i'm like hold on a minute it's a lot smaller <laughs> than i remember when i came to visit yeah um, so it was things like that and then i got into um the brand influencing at uh, Zyper, which was a small startup company. And what we were doing there was helping with the marketing side of things. Um, And again, what you mentioned before was in an account management role um, and that was through um, a graduate scheme. Mm. So I went through a graduate scheme for that and got this job and it was the first job that I was offered and I took it. I was like, someone wants me. So I took the job straight away and I didn't look at what the company did I didn't have an idea of what I was going to do. I knew that I was like, oh, I'm a people person. I like sales. Mm. And the thing was, when I started that job, I did like the sales side of things and I did like the account management side of things. But the thing that I couldn't get behind was the product itself. Mm. And I just didn't feel passionate towards it. And in my head, I was like, oh, if you can sell this, you can, if you can sell that, you can sell anything. anything that, yeah. that was it. And I think that's a mindset that a lot of people have. If you can sell this, you can sell anything. Mm. And I got into it and I was like, I... I, I Liked what I was doing, but I wasn't enjoying the product and I wasn't passionate about the product. Yeah. So I couldn't then go and tell people, oh, buy this printer, buy this fax machine. You're going to love it. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to absolutely love this printer. The color quality is unreal. <laughs> so it was one of those things, and I was sat there and I was thinking, what? I don't know what, why, why, I'm, not why I'm here, but I was like, maybe I've made a mistake. Mm. Maybe, maybe sales isn't for me. Maybe I need to go down another route. And at that point, I think I felt a little bit lost in what I was doing because I just assumed that everything in sales would have been the same. Like yeah. every route that I would then go down would be the same as that. So when I came away from there, I was kind of a bit lost in myself. And I was still, again, still on that path where I was like, I don't know where I'm, really where I'm going. <laughs> um, and I was doing the same, applying for jobs that I wasn't too sure about. I wasn't aware if, that, if it was going to be something that I was going to enjoy. But I was like, I need a job. I need to get something else. I need to have something else under my belt.
0: Definitely. Um, and, and like picking on that, like before moving on, like you said, yeah. quite a lot of interesting pieces there. So like um, you come out of university and well, like with university, like thinking, right, you're going to have like your part-time jobs to get you some retail experience. You're going to be customer facing, which is really good because it kind of exposes you to the world of people. Right. Um, and then you said okay I need to go get a real job but you also said the point of like when you're in school or university you don't you think like you're going to be a vet a doctor yeah you're going to be a police officer you're going to be all these sort of things but nobody ever thinks about yes I'm going to be a salesperson because that isn't really promoted within a curriculum from my understanding <laughs> um, and it is a profession and it is a career choice a lot of can take because I think what we may think is I'm going to go work for this company but not so much the position within a company because most companies whatever has a sales and commercial element to it right mm. but i think like uh, thinking about like with pandemic and like a lot of uh, students where they're studying their exams etc have been paused because of the pandemic and covid and they're going to be coming out this year or potentially yeah. next year thinking about, right, where am I going to go? So we maybe we do have some students that listen to this. Mm-hmm. What advice would you like? How would you explain what sales is to them?
1: Yeah.
0: And why would it be like a core cool career to get into? Do you think? Um,
1: one thing that I did learn from speaking to other sales professionals and people that are older than me that are in sales right now, it's a lot of people don't even have a degree that are in this position that I'm in and that's one yeah. thing that you don't need a degree to work in sales if it's something that you if you have those people people skills if you have those skills under your belt in in day-to-day life just doing whatever then you're going to succeed in what you do and you don't need the degree for that and um, so I think that's one thing that people need to understand is right now and I've read it in quite a few articles recently that people aren't choosing not to go to university or are in the middle of a degree and decided now that they're doing online learning that maybe a degree isn't the be-all and end-all of what their future success looks like Mm. and although I do have that behind me I have an art degree which isn't a degree in business which isn't a degree in anything to do with sales itself Mm. unless you're looking at the sales of art but I don't think that's what anyone looks at when they get into an art degree (laughs) 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 Um, it's kind of the case of I think if it's something that you're passionate about, not even sales itself, if you're passionate about the skills that are behind sales, you'll be successful.
0: I love that. I love, And yeah, I agree. Like I've met a lot of people that are in sales. I don't have a degree. I don't have a degree. I kind of said to university, I was like, nah, that's not for me. I want to I wanna go into the working world. But I did something very similar to yours. I was just like taking jobs because I wanted to earn money and I just wanted to have a job and not be a bum in my opinion. Um, And there's an element of like, all right, I'll take what tickles my fancy, but I don't really know where I want to go into. And that's synonymous with a lot of people. We have that, I don't know what I want to do. I don't know where I'm going to go. And they may start putting themselves in an element of guilt because they think, well, everybody else has got it sorted. Everybody else has got it figured out. What advice would you give to those people who feel maybe a little bit lost and not knowing which direction to go in, Chloe?
1: I think the main thing to understand is it's not going to be instant. And that's what we all want. We want this instant. I have ASOS next day delivery (laughs) because I want my clothes the next day. And sometimes in life, it's not going to be like that. Mm. You're not going to get things when you want it. And that's one thing that you have to learn. And I'm still learning myself that everything isn't instant. But one good thing to remember that I found through this pandemic, at least, is there's always going to be sales. There's always going to be a sales position open. A, a lot of jobs were made redundant over over the the, the period of lockdown. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I did notice was that we were still hiring within sales positions. There was other companies that were still, they still need to bring that money into the company. So those positions are always going to be available to you. It's not a a, a role that you're going to get yourself into. And then something like this will happen. We'll go, oh no, that's it stuff yeah. i've not got a job because you've got those skills now under your belt you've then got the skills to work in other and in other industries and in other companies as well so one thing to remember is is even if now as you're a bit confused or you're struggling to get that role there are so many opportunities and possibilities out there for you as long as you've got passion for it
0: 100% agree you've got to have the heart for it and mm. as you mentioned you went into one of these roles where right you didn't really know what you're doing and then you realized, okay, I, I like to do the sales bit, but I'm not really passionate about the product. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've, I've been in that position myself where I've taken on a role. I've started selling it and I was like, dude, I really don't like this and I don't believe mm-hmm. in it, but I'm in this job because, you know, I'm trying to make some money and a job is a job and I can sell something. Yeah. But why do you think it's important that you have to be passionate about the product that you're selling? Why is that important to you, Chloe? I
1: think the main thing is, is because you're not going to be happy. Um, I'm quite a competitive person in the sense that I need everything. I need to be the best at what I do. And if I'm not being the best at what I do, I'll blame myself. So because I wasn't passionate about the product, I then wasn't as successful as I wanted to be selling it because I couldn't back the product itself and Mm -hmm. sell it to people. So I think the main thing that you, you need to know is that you have to like the product. Not even like the product. I think it's a case of understanding understanding the product it's a case of just liking what you do because mm. if you don't like the product if you don't like what you do you're not going to be happy and I think the end result that you want to have when you're working is that you are happy with what you do and you're going home and not going home and getting into bed and going oh I wish I didn't have work tomorrow you want to wake up the next day because you're going to be doing this for a, a long period of time to then yeah. have to wake up every morning and be like oh god so we've got to get up again <laughs> i've got another day of work one of those ones you don't want to be like that you want to be getting to the next day and being like oh i'm quite excited to come in i've got this happening i've got xyz i'm excited about what's happening next week and Mm -hmm. then and then not not only you do enjoy your personal time you enjoy the weekend but you also enjoy coming in on a maybe not so much a monday (laughs) but on a tuesday wednesday thursday friday yeah and that's the thing that you need to you need to remember is that that if you enjoy the product that you're selling you're then going to enjoy going into work and you're going to enjoy your life a lot more.
0: Agreed and I, th- I think um, yeah you have to love what you do you have to be passionate about the space that you're in and it has to be somewhere that like you said gets you out of bed in the morning and think do you know what I'm going to go enjoy this day in the office or working from home but working for this company and like helping spread this brand and I think a really cool way that I used to do it when going for jobs, and even now like with Happy Selling, if I pick clients, I'm very selective as to who I work with, (laughs) but I will look at, like, there are millions of SaaS and software platforms out there, but I always look at it as if, would I buy that? Would I use it as an individual if I was working in another company? And can I see the wow factor in it as to, like, what it's actually achieving and what it's helping? Because that's when I figure out, okay, if I think I could use it on a personal level, then I could definitely sell and back it when I'm talking to other people as well. And to your point, the more passionate about your something, the more easy it is and people buy from people. So if I'm a happy person Mm. and I'm really passionate about this product, not OTT, but you know, I really (laughs) love it, then that will then feed through when I'm speaking to prospects as well.
1: Absolutely.
0: Um. so when like you, like you said you're going in that job like not wanting to sell printers and stuff you're not passionate <laughs> about then you got into Zyper as well so like what was yeah. that like you said that was kind of like your first startup yes. experience and what was going through your brain of you know you did retail jobs you went mm-hmm. into this other job and then okay now you hit startup land yeah what was that like for you
1: it was a completely different experience i'd never worked in a startup before and it was kind of you had multiple roles within your one role so we, you were hired for one thing and that, I think that's the same with every startup and because it's a smaller team although you'll have one job role it will be a lot wider than you realize it is mm. and I think in some sense yes it is difficult but then it also expands on your skill set so I say it's it's like an experience that I guess not I'm not going to say everyone needs to go through it but it's a great way of expanding those skill sets and trying out different things so I'd never worked in I guess marketing before and I was now working in the influencer marketing world and trying to I guess push push products out there get learning as I go learning like new new ways of doing things and it was one thing within that company as well that that led me on to understanding a bit more about marketing itself and it's not just especially within the influencer marketing world it's not just going on on Instagram and posting a photo it's a lot bigger than that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a product photo. Hi guys, yeah. <laughs> and it made me understand people a lot more as well. So it was exploring mm. that different route, and I had a lot of, a, I guess, more of a friendly connection because I had a product that people wanted. Mm. So the same as when I was working in retail, except in some sense, free for the person receiving it. So I'm sending out gift products to people, and it's it's a lot more exciting mm. in that sense, and I really enjoyed what the mission was about behind the company which was that real people can be influencers too mm. Um so that was one thing I was oh, I'm really passionate about this I so really enjoyed it and I was when I first started there I was under contract and that kept getting extended so it made me feel good about myself that I was continually being like oh yeah they want me they want to keep me on for longer they want to keep me on for longer and then eventually the company was growing and growing Um this is before COVID and yeah. they moved to they moved ends up moving the, the head's headspace headspace no.
0: head office head office there we go headspace <laughs> there we go <laughs> yep. <laughs> cool i've <doing> <laughs>
1: yeah. seen too much of that recently <laughs> as well
0: <laughs> oh i want to pick up on that we'll, we'll come back to that in a moment um, But they're moving the head office yeah moving their head happened?
1: office to la and i was and at, at the time Ooh. as well i was also this is when i used to do multiple roles i was also working for a company called wh uh, management which was events so cool. i was doing them alongside each other um, which meant that yes
0: yeah. hey, wow so you were doing two different contracts two different roles at the same is that right
1: yeah, I've, I've done that my whole life i love doing a little side job on the weekends
0: <laughs> we've got a lot in common there because yeah I, I totally know that like how was you like managing that and how, how how did that work out for you
1: um it was well there were two jobs that i enjoyed doing so the wh management that was working events so i was going to events like henley regatta and um, horse riding events so when I was going there, I was enjoying what I was doing. So it was, although I was getting paid, I was still enjoying the same as now. Although I was getting paid for what I was doing, yeah, I was, I'm was. i working, I was enjoying it. And I had the people around me. And I think that's the main thing as well, is people around you. If mm-hmm. your colleagues are people that you love and they feel like family, you're going to enjoy it anyway. So it was one of those ones where at the end of the day, we'd go out, all go out for a drink and that side of things and I loved it so I was like oh this is fun this isn't working I don't know <laughs> oh, what's happening here
0: <laughs> I love that like like you said like you're getting paid for it which is mm-hmm. obviously the outcome of like doing all your hard work but I think a lot of the times when we're choosing jobs or careers like it's not to be motivated by money money is something we need to like pay the bills you know yeah to do our shopping and to buy all those lovely brands that we want to wear but at the same time it's like you said it's the culture the people you're around you're enjoying it you don't feel like it's work because when you're enjoying it having fun it doesn't seem like work right but like so okay if if we take a step back like you've gone to uni you've gone through these jobs then you come Mm. to Zyper then you're doing events like what were your friends thinking like when they said like Chloe (laughs) what do you do like what what was your response to that?
1: My friends loved it so I was working on events one so when they were coming along to the events I was there so Mm. I was going oh hi nice to see you and they're like oh I know I know this person I know this person that's on the gate this sort of thing and then you've got the influencer marketing side of things. So I was pushing friends that I knew fitted profiles forward for these types of um, influencer marketing jobs well openings, I guess. Not jobs yeah. so much, but openings that they they fitted the fit. And I would put them forward anyway, even if I was to come across them and they weren't my friends. So they were loving me because they were working mm. for brands such obviously not a brand anymore. Still a brand, Topshop was one of them. Yeah. Calvin Klein, Um, we had... Kellogg, so all those types of things. I was finding people that fit into what the, the brand wanted, and putting them mm. forward. And in some cases, that would have been people I knew. So they loved mm. me for it. They were like, "This is great. I need to get <laughs> someone be friends with Chloe." <laughs>
0: <laughs> so Chloe is the connected lady. All right, I love that. And like <clears throat> off the back of it, and like when you see, right, especially in the world of sales, like LinkedIn and companies and platforms trying to push themselves through social yep. media. Do you ever look at it and think like, yeah, you're doing it wrong or you could be doing it a different way or like the way they position that What's what's your thoughts on that?
1: No, I don't. So I'll look at people and what they're doing and, and sometimes you might think, and that's always going to be the case, is what you see other people doing you might not agree with. Mm-hmm. And I guess you just need to try trial and error because I make the same mistakes. I didn't know how to push myself off on social media. I, when I do LinkedIn, I look at other people and I'm like, that's interesting, I should try that. And I try it out and other people will say, oh, I don't like that. And then other people will be like, oh, I love that. And it's the same with my messaging on a day-to-day when I'm emailing prospects. And I'll send one message to someone and they're like, oh, you're the funniest person I've ever met. And someone will go, please stop messaging me. You're annoying me. Mm. You're filling my inbox with spam. And I'm like, oh, hold on a minute. Barbara loved it. (laughs) What's been on here? And I think it's just that case of like, there's some things you'll look at online that other people have posted and you won't agree with it. And that's fine. Mm. And I think that that's an opinion that everyone's entitled to. But then other times you'll look at other things and you'll go, that's unreal. I can't believe, how did someone think of that? How is someone that mm. creative that they were man- they were to push that out? Mm.
0: I agree. I, I think there's elements of that. So again, when we're prospecting, yeah, mm-hmm. we may talk to somebody who's completely happy and receptive to what we're saying in our messaging or in our post. And somebody might, oh, I don't like that. And they'll completely, you know, shoot you down for it. I think it's just the old adage, you can't please everyone. Yeah. But as long as you're pleased in what you're doing and you're trying to, you know, put out value 100%. Um, <clears throat> and yeah, like we we look at other people that are influencers in the world of sales, yeah. how they do the post. Like with me, I want to be a sales trainer. I want to engage with SDRs. So I'm looking at how other people are doing it. But I'm also looking for the stuff they're not doing. Mm-hmm. So I always try to find like if it's in emails, so like when I was an SDR, I'd see my team's emails and templates I think what's missing, okay. and I can add yeah. in my own personal flair. Yeah. If I do a LinkedIn post, what do I see everybody doing? Like, one thing I used to do is put a hundred emojis in all of my posts. Yeah. And one day somebody said to me, said, that post looks like a recruiter post. And I was like, I never thought uh, of that. Yeah. And then I went on to LinkedIn and I started looking at a few recruiters, and I was mm. like, yeah, damn, they put a, sh- <laughs> a hell of a ton of like emojis in there. Uh, and like in messages, I used to end them in certain ways and I'd get feedback. And yeah, it's always good to get feedback, but I think at the same time being confident in doing it your way, yeah. like you said, by trial and mm-hmm. error, right? Um, so after like, well, living an entrepreneurial life, working two <laughs> contracts, influencing and like being at like great events with your yeah. mates, like how did you come across Bright Talk and what, what's the story there, Chloe? So as I
1: mentioned previously, I'd gone through uh, a agency which was Pareto Law so they look for graduates and they find them jobs within sales mm. and I'd reached back out to them um, and said that I was looking for I decided that sales was what I wanted to do I was looking at the account manager that worked within um, the company at diaper, and I was like oh, I want to be doing what she's doing I love like what she's doing and I want to be back into that again I want to be back into the sales side of things I want to be earning commission and that was something that I wasn't earning and I was like I want to miss that I kind of wouldn't mind a little bit of commission in my pocket again at the end of the month. I was like, maybe, maybe I should try it again. But this time when I spoke to them, I said, I, want, I told them what I wanted rather than they told me what I wanted. So I said, Ooh. what I want is within marketing. I want something that's to do with that. I want something that's going to play on that side of things, maybe a little bit more creative. I don't know what I want. I just know I want something that's maybe a bit more creative within sales. Mm. And I think it did take a while to find the perfect company because i was being sent companies and i was denying them and um, then the bright top one came through and i was like oh, this is what i want like i want this one <laughs> and I, you know when you just see something you're like oh, i really like it i really want this one but then you're thinking you've got that thing at the back of your head going don't get your hopes up yet because mm. you're not through to any interview stage yet you just kind of need to just calm down because you get all excited and then you go, oh. And I think that's the case a lot of the time. You'll be like, oh, it's a perfect job. Like, this is my job. I've got it. And then mm. it comes to the interview and there's someone, maybe not even better than you. There's just someone that has had preference over you because of mm. whatever reason it is. And then you're sat there like, oh, I thought, like, I thought I had it. I thought this was it. Mm. I was trying my best to not get my hopes up and um, went through to the interview process. And on that first, um it was all through the phone. So even before COVID, it was all over the phone. Um, and the first call that I had, I was like, oh, this is like, I like this, really like it. And I remember telling my parents, I was like, I really, really like it. I hope I, like, I want to get through. Mm. And um, it was quite a long interview process. So there was quite a lot of things that I needed to do before I actually got invited into the office itself. Um, so I had to do a cold call. I had to do a prospecting email. Um, I had to speak to senior members of the team and um, management that side of things HR to see that I was that that fit and um, and then when I came into the office again it was the same I had I think I had maybe three different meetings um all spaced out in this in that one day and I remember <laughs> going in like fully suited and booted and going <laughs> Sat down in the reception with my legs crossed and my arms clasped, <laughs> ready to go up. Oh, you want me now? Great.
0: <laughs> I love it. So, what was really interesting there was like you said, you went to like Pareto Lord, know them mm-hmm. quite well. Um, and you said, rather than then telling Chloe, this is what you should be doing, yeah. or have you thought about this, is like, this is what I want. Yes. Yeah. And this is what I'm looking for. And as you said, like you said at the beginning of the podcast, it's about that patience and it's not going to be instantaneous. Yeah. But then you found this position that you were quite excited about uh, and mm-hmm. you had to kind of get prep for it. You're telling your parents like, this is yeah. the one that I want. <laughs> don't get too so excited. Come, yeah, do please. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I don't know, like with the whole thing of like don't get too excited, I think there's a whole thing of like we don't want to get our hopes up in the event that it doesn't yes. work out. But I don't know, I'm always like, if I want something and I'm intent on it, I'm Mm going to get hyped and I'm going to get excited about it because it's going to happen. And it's kind of like an affirmation that I say to myself, like, this will be mine, you know. (laughs) Um, But like you said, like you've, you went through like a a rigorous process. Mm -hmm. Thankfully, you was accepted. So well done and hats on that. And obviously, like we spoke towards the back end of last year, like coming towards like what was our second lockdown we was about to go Mm -hmm. into as well. Um, and the world's slightly changed. So, from when you started at Bright Talk, when was it? November 2019. So, mm-hmm. now, what are the main things that you've seen change? And, like, what is your world like now as a yep. senior SDR at Bright Talk?
1: I'm, I can see it's changed a lot because the world of sales was as fast paced. Um, you're in an office and you've got everyone around you. I remember making calls, I had people on each side, people across from me. And I remember having them. Each time I had a connect and I had a good call, I remember everyone cheering at the end of it. And I remember thinking in my head, I've not hung up yet. (laughs) The person (laughs) on the end of the line can hear that. And you had that buzz of the office and everything was going on around you. I remember we used to have to, um, there was like gong going on behind us and we had our own personal songs whenever an opportunity would go through. It was exciting. It was a thrill. And we had our, at the end of the week, we would go out for drinks and we had parties to look forward to. We had events, we had, hitting targets, things, plans. So it was all very much like, go, go, go. Like, everything was a buzz. Like, you had no, I guess in some, you had no time to sleep. Like, everything was always like, oh, I'm excited for this. I've got this to look forward to next week. We're doing this party. We're doing this event. I'm meeting Mm. this person, whatever. And then then lockdown hit. And suddenly it was like, okay, we're all doing this on Zoom now, right? (laughs) I'm sat in a room by myself and it's silent. Mm. And in some sense, I've almost got used to that silence. And I'm now back in the office again, um, three times a week. And when I'm in the office, I'll now separate myself from everyone if I want to go make a call like calls and I'll be by myself because I now can't because I've got so used to that year of not mm. doing anything, I'm like, when I make a call, I'm like, oh, I need the silence, like I need to concentrate on this. Mm. And I don't know if I could go back to having people on all corners of me, like on the phone at the same time. Which not yeah. scares me a little bit, but kind of in some sense, I'm like, will it ever be like that again? Or was that, is it a good thing that I've now got this, needs this silence and it's better for the other person on the other side of the phone? Um, yeah. and We've had quite a lot of new, well, we've had a couple of new SDRs that have started during lockdown. And to see how they've had to adapt, not even adapt, they've come into it how, how it is. Yeah so they don't yeah, yeah. even have to adapt to any change they've just come in and this is what they now know as the normal and you're trying to a, a lot of the time in the office you'll reminisce about oh do you remember the christmas party <laughs> the old days yeah. how we used to
0: work back in the day yeah no definitely.
1: and you'd come back in the next day and everyone would be who's going to be who's going to be the earliest in and who's going to be the latest in of that like bet and everyone sat there waiting for the last person to come in and go hmm? Someone's in trouble.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what? That's a really good point. I didn't even think about that. Mm. The whole of like, all right, so when I was an SDR manager as a coach, uh, every time I onboarded new SDRs, the thing that I always begged the hell out of them to do, because I know nerves can hit when you're doing your first calls in front of a group, you're scared that people are going to make fun of you and, you know, you're the newbie and all of that. Mm -hmm. But I used to like try to press into their heads that like, look, By doing it in a group scenario, everybody's going to be able to hear off each other and learn best practices. And if something doesn't go right, then somebody can back you up. And if something goes good to your point, like you have the gong in the background, your own personal music, you have that celebration, but you're right. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of us have been working from home for a long while doing our calls on our own. Mm -hmm. And you're now saying in order for you to be able to concentrate, you actually have to exit yourself from a group of people. Yep. And hopefully you may get back to that point of you know being comfortable and being able to do it in a loud office because i'm hoping one day we're going to have loud offices again yeah. you know i miss those things but um to yeah and another point you mentioned like uh with new sdrs this like this way of working is normal for them mm-hmm. They're not having to adapt. This is, it's kind of like the whole thing of like when they say like with me, I'm an old school dude. And like when we had tablets and smartphones coming out with touchscreens, we're like, ooh. Okay. But like even with my six-year-old son, like he's just a whiz at his tablet and he mm. can action things. And I'm like, it's because he was born into that. So it's just normal for him. Whereas for me, it's like a wow moment. Okay. But like you said, these new wave of SDRs, they're the new people and they're just going to be able to, you mm-hmm. know, just adapt straight. Well, they're not even, like you said, adapting. They're just doing But then for the senior ones like us that remember the old school days (laughs) and how it once was, how difficult do you think it might be to convince them if they're not going to be entrenched in that sort of Mm. group scenario initially?
1: I think it's always going to be that transition because even while I've been there, we've swapped programs multiple times. We've tried out new systems. We've tried out new processes. Even with sales kickoff, as it happens each year, we'll change our processes up. So with sales, it's always changing anyway. So it's something that you've come to expect, in a sense. Um, So when you're in that role, even now that they've adapted, well, not adapted, but they've come into that role as it was, they will then do the same as what we've done, where we've adapted to that change. Mm -hmm. And even now we've started to introduce calling sessions where we'll be on with each other and we'll do one call after the other so we can hear each other and bounce off those ideas and say to them, oh, well, I think maybe you shouldn't say that, you should actually say this. And because you become so used to just listening to yourself, you don't pick up on those, oh, actually, yeah, that's a good idea. Maybe I should try that. Mm-hmm. And like, less, then listening to the next person speaking, going, oh, actually, I've not used that line before, but that's smart. Like, That's how you're getting opportunities on the phone. That's a good idea to do. Mm-hmm. And things like that, um, which is definitely something that I think they will, in the same sense as us, adapt to those new changes.
0: Definitely. And I'd also say, like, with... The newbies, um, Mm -hmm. because they're going to be executing it in their world that they're going to be used to, they're going to be trying out different things and they're going to come up with cool, really, ideas. So it's always the fresh people that Mm -hmm. I want to talk to because they have the most cool and innovative ideas that us older SDRs or people in sales can learn from as well. But when you be able to marry those two styles together and create like a hybrid approach, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see what new sales development tricks and tips are going to be coming up as well um but obviously like you said just listening to yourself working mm-hmm. remotely at home and now you're going into the office three times a week and there's not as many people in there mm-hmm. um how have you kept yourself sane because i heard you mention the word headspace i'm yeah. a big fan of headspace as it's something i use mm-hmm. what things have you done to kind of like help keep your, your sanity mm-hmm. during this whole transition
1: i had points where i was really struggling During lockdown, as everyone was when it came into January, and it's the same every year. Even without lockdown, January is just not the best month for anyone. And Mm. I think it was made even worse with the fact that we were all still at home. We're still in the position. There was no, not no hope, but in the sense that we didn't have any guide of when everything was opening up again. So in my head, I was like, "Well, this is this isn't great. I'm I'm dreaming of going on holiday. I want to book. This is the time where you book everything. You book your festivals. You book your holidays. You book what you're doing for the summer." And that yeah. wasn't happening. And I was kind of like, I don't know how to cheer myself up. I don't know how to do it because I've tried different things and it's not working. So i made a post on LinkedIn and it was when I'd I'd never really made posts on LinkedIn before, but I was just I'll bite the bullet and I'm gonna make a post. So I did it and then I got loads of feedback and people reaching out and telling me what they're doing. and things like tidy your desk away at the end of the day. Something so simple, it's just like when you're finished work. Put your put your keyboard away. Put your laptop away. Close everything down. Like that's the end of your day. If you were in the office, that's what you would do. If you would leave and mm-hmm. move away from that space, which a lot of people won't do when they're at home, you'll just mm-hmm. be like, "Oh, it's fine. I'll just work till seven o'clock. I'll just work till eight o'clock. Or I'll put Netflix on one screen and I'll watch that and I'll just finish off these emails. And then <laughs> you don't realize that actually, okay, it's now nine o'clock and you've been working since half eight this morning. Like, have yeah, a break. And yeah. um, one other thing that really helped was morning, getting up at an an earlier time and doing some form of morning, I, I did yoga, so whether that's yoga, going for a walk, just going to the shops to get something to eat, something just getting out the house and getting some fresh air, because when you're cooked up in the same place for anything over a couple of days you'll start to go a bit crazy. Yeah. yeah. Breathing in your own air and being in the yeah. stuffy room, like laptop in front of you and your eyes start to go funny as well and everything just goes downhill from there. And then if you do leave it too long you then get trapped and you're like, Oh I don't want to go out. I'll need to put on normal clothes. Like people are gonna see me. And that was one <laughs> thing I was like, oh I am in tracks at bottoms. I don't really want to go out. Like I'd rather I'll just put on a pair of jeans. I can't allow putting on jeans, I'll just leave it. And I was like, no 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 yeah. get out of that mindset like I needed to stop myself because I was, and the same as everyone, I was like sat in the house for a week and not leaving. And then when it came to the weekend, I was like, well, I can't be bothered going out now. Like, I'm comfy. I look a mess. (laughs) And then you realize everyone else looks a mess as well when you go out. So you're like, do you know what? It's fine. Like, get out, do it. We tried to do a few things as well as as a group. I think everyone had Zoom fatigue by this point. So Mm. it's kind of difficult in the sense to organize events over Zoom. So trying to even mix that up slightly. We did um we arranged a cocktail night at Christmas and we did one of those and then we did a paint by numbers which was actually very stressful, would recommend it. <laughs> Don't do that. It was horrible. <laughs> we were all sat there going, Oh god, we have to finish this. Mm. Mine's just going in the bin. I started to do contemporary art on top of it. I was like, It's fine guys, I've got a degree, I'll just <laughs>
0: <laughs> And then the degree comes back into action. I love it, full circle. But um you, you you said some interesting pieces and yeah, I think a lot of us, myself included, we've gone through, I think it's the element of uncertainty. Mm-hmm. So how are things going to pan out? How am I going to be able to plan for holidays? How am I going to be able to plan for, you know, doing stuff that I'd want to do, that I enjoy doing, but I'm a bit restricted yeah. in doing right now. And listening to Headspace this morning, because I made it as a, a routine to listen to it on my walk and get the hell out of my apartment, <laughs> um, was, were they saying like, just having simple routines each day. So if it's eating the same breakfast or if it's listening to the same radio station or mm-hmm. going on that same walk or like you said, clearing your desk at the end of the day, Yeah. by creating those routines, that's those are things that we crave and that's what helps give us a bit of structure to the day. So to your point, I've sat many times where I would start work at 7 a.m. and it gets 11.30 p.m. I'm like, dude, I even had bre- uh, lunch, dinner. Did I have food? <laughs> I, I don't know. And that whole thing of getting really comfortable and that was something I've been struggling with the last couple of weeks. So I live on my own, in my apartment and I'm working, I'm doing all this happy selling stuff, doing all this podcast stuff, talking to friends. And I'm like, yeah, do you know what? I should go out for a walk to the park. Mm -hmm. I should maybe go buy my lunch. I maybe, you know, just get a bit of fresh air. And I'm like, no, I just got to finish this off. And once I get... But then you're like, all right, maybe I should get changed. Maybe I should have actually had a shower today. You know, yeah. I should have. And it, like you said, it comes to the weekend, and like, oh, that was such a stressful week. I just want to stay in. Yes. Yeah. And it can become toxic in itself, mm-hmm. like you know. So it's it's like you said, having routines, doing something a bit different, having those boundaries, knowing when to switch off. Uh, and yeah, do you know what? I've enjoyed actually like having a shave and like pampering myself, mm-hmm. and you know, getting myself feeling a bit better. But I'm hoping, as a lot of us are in the coming weeks, we're going to get a little bit more freedom. We'll be able to, you know, go out and I'm looking yeah. forward to those festivals this year as well. So, <laughs> 100. Hopefully,
1: fingers crossed.
0: Fingers crossed. And I, guess, Bojo.
1: I guess touching on what you've just said there as well is that we're all in the same boat. And that's mm. one thing that really helps my mindset is knowing that I'm not the only one going through this. We're all going through it. So it's kind of like we're all in this together and we've all got these different ideas of what's helping us. And some things that I might do might not help you. And the same Mm. for you, some things that you might do, I might be like, oh, well, I'm not doing that. That sounds terrible. Mm. But it's like we're all in the same boat and we're all, I guess, not sad together, but we're all a bit like down together. And we're like, as long as we're trying our best and it's hard to say, stay positive, do this, do that. Like It's hard because when you're in that mindset and you're down at that moment in time, it's hard to go, oh, like, I'm not going out. Like, I don't, mm. I'm not doing it. I don't want to yeah. do it. And it's just kind of, like, getting over that level and being like, okay, I need to. Like, I need to do this for myself because otherwise I'm going to end up spiralling even further.
0: Been there many a times. I've gone to those dark depths, so I totally know. And I think you're, you're really right the whole thing about we're in the same boat. Like some people said, we're not in the same boat. We're just in the same city, blah, 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 or whatever. Yeah. Like I think I was really shocked the other week before I went on my little staycation at home. Mm-hmm. Um, I reached out to my mentor because I was struggling a little bit. And David, if you're listening in again, salute to you. But I reached out to him because he's somebody that's like full of energy, the smartest guy that I know. And like he's guided me through my SDR career to like. You know where I am now with happy selling and I was like David ugh, I just can't be bothered I just I'm really not enjoying stuff at the moment I'm feeling a bit exhausted and he then replied he's like exactly the same yeah I was like huh like you, you're like a sales god like how are you down like what's going on he <laughs> said you know what I'm exhausted I'm not really enjoying my workouts um I'm eat, overeating I'm having too much drink in the week and it's kind of affecting with my head and I was like that in itself made me feel better about myself, to your point. Yeah. I'm not the only one because when we're stuck indoors, we just think the world is against us and everything's <laughs> going bad for us. So this is another reason why I love doing the SDR Disco Call podcast because I get to meet other people and talk to other people. <laughs> like, you know, We're going through similar things. So I think for the listeners as well, they've, there's a hell of a lot of value that you've shared today and hopefully it will give some inspiration for those maybe that are struggling a little bit um but to kind of wrap things up mm-hmm. what do you think would be your three bits of information that you would give to a younger chloe who's mm-hmm. just embarked on this sales development journey what would, you, what would you say to them
1: i think one thing would be to learn from those failures so yeah there's going to be points where you're not going to be happy yeah there's going to be points where you'll be in a job and you'll think well this is it and it's not it and you'll and you'll not be in the position that you want to be in and sometimes you just need to look at that and be like yes like that's fine." I'm going to learn from this. I've made that mistake, or not even even making a mistake. It could be something that you've done that is correct, but it just didn't work out. And learning from that failure is massive because if you can look back at that and go, actually, turn that into a positive, it will completely change your mindset. I love that. One other thing um, that I would say is definitely to be persistent. Um, if you are persistent in what you do, um, if you can keep things up, especially within sales, if you're um, prospecting clients, for instance, sometimes it can take two weeks, even a month, even three months to hear back from them or even to get any form of contact from them. The same mm. when you're applying to roles. So if you're applying for a sales role, that persistency, persistency? Is that the right word? Yes. <laughs> we'll go
0: with it. <laughs> this is what Anything I'm
1: Persistency. Um, yeah. As long as you've got that and um, when you're applying for your roles and you're constantly doing that. Then you're going to end up seeing results. Maybe not instantly, but then from that persistence, there we go. From that persistence, you're going to see results eventually. Maybe not instantly. Yeah. So I've just repeated myself three times.
0: <laughs> you're persistent. That's what it is, yeah, and that's what see. I love. That's it. all <laughs> go good.
1: And um, what
0: about a third one? What, what what last tip would you give to somebody? So think about it. There's this Chloe that's just left university. She's got a degree. She doesn't know if she's even going to use it. She thinks she wants to get into sales. She's not too sure. What would you say to her?
1: I'd say to... So there's a couple of things here. Um, one big one is ask questions. And this is something that I was always told from the start of my job here at Bright Talk. They always said, no question is a silly question. And at first I was like, you know, there is silly questions, actually. There's a few silly questions. <laughs> it's silly if you don't ask. <laughs> <laughs> um, and there was a lot of things that people would mention that were abbreviations. Or even when I'm on the phone to people that work within something, um, they'll have jargon that they use internally. And they don't realize it's jargon until they speak to me. And they'll mention it and I'll go, I don't know what that is. And instead of going, okay, yes, yeah, I'll go, oh, sorry, I don't know what that is. And that really helped me out. Even recently, more recently, has helped me out to be successful and. Picking my target and being promoted. Um, so I'd say that's a big, big one um, was asking questions because that was something sometimes I think you get a bit nervous about because you want to be right. You want to think that you know everything. Um, and I think that's one thing that you need to just do, even if you are embarrassed by it, is just ask those silly questions, find out that information, and then go forward from it.
0: I think that's a hell of a lot of value, a hell of a lot of good advice. So, again, asking lots of questions, be, uh, what's the word, persistent?
1: Yep, persistent and
0: consistent. I say persistent persistent and and consistent. Oh, I like that. Be persistent and consistent.
1: It equals consistency, all of those together. (laughs) Or something like that. There's
0: some cheese on the SELD's couple, but I absolutely (laughs) love it. I love cheese. I'm a big fan of cheese. all right and Chloe are there any shout outs that you'd like to give on today's show
1: yeah absolutely I'd like to definitely shout out to my current team that I'm working with now even my direct team and the wider team obviously they've helped me through getting to where I am today and succeeding and being a successful SDR um, they've also helped me when there's been tougher times and I'm a bit down and they'll come to me and a lot of the time even over zoom you can see each person day to day and you know when they're feeling a bit sad or they're looking a bit sad and you can always reach out over over Slack or messenger or whatever it is that you're using so they Mm. definitely helped me get through this lockdown and then definitely a shout out to everyone from previous who's then helped me to get where i am today and be happy within my role
0: absolutely love it thank you so much chloe and for any of the listeners or watchers that are viewing this episode if they want to reach out to you is is that okay and what would be the best way to reach out to you no
1: question is a stupid question if anyone wants to reach out feel free to reach out to me anything that you want to ask whether you think it's the stupidest question you can imagine or whether it's something that you just don't understand within your role currently feel free to reach out if i can help in any way My um, details are on my LinkedIn, so my email address and my phone number. Um, And my name is Chloe Ockham, O C K R I N. Easy enough to find.
0: (laughs) Love it. So we'll make sure, guys, that Chloe's details will be on the show notes so you can get in touch with her. And to your point, your details are on your LinkedIn profile. So thank you so much for that, Chloe. We'd love to have you back on the show in a couple of months' time to see what's new. And again, congratulations on that promotion to being a senior SDR. Like you've fully deserved it. Um, and yeah, just again, thank you so much for being a great guest. And most importantly, good luck for this year and thank happy you. selling.
1: And thank you for having me. Happy selling.
0: Disco call, one word, at bcast, which is B-C-A-S-T dot email, and you'll be added to our mailing list. We're also on the lookout for new guests. So if you work in the world of sales development as an SDR, BDR, MDR, or ADR, and feel that you have an important message or story to share, feel free to email us at podcast at happy and we'd love to have you on board.